Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those good swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Here we go. Now, Matt Pauley on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's go. On a Thursday night, we have a full two-hour edition of Sports Open Line, a Graybar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. As always, if you want to join in on the program, multiple ways for you to get connected, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. That's how you call, that's how you text, or you can tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Coming up this hour, Luke Corax could join us in about 10 minutes. We'll talk all things St. Louis Blues. Before we know it, the Blues are going to be in action as hockey things are starting to happen. There's already been one injury of note. We'll talk to uh, Lou about that coming up in uh, just a while. We'll talk some City SC soccer as well this hour. 7 o'clock hour, all baseball. We'll talk Philadelphia Phillies with uh, Scott Lauber and then uh, Brendan Ryan, the former Cardinal. He is set to join us at 7.35. Uh, I'll tell you, I've already recorded the interview with Brendan, and it's fantastic, I think. Um, not because of me, but because of him. And uh, he's got some... He had one story in particular. I actually asked Kevin Wheeler this. So uh, he, we're, we're talking. You'll hear the whole interview. Hopefully you're with us at 735 when, when we play it. But I was talking with him about uh, his bobblehead because there's a Budweiser bash with him coming up uh, next week. So he's going to be in town. He's going to be doing lots of stuff. But uh, the Budweiser bash always includes a bobblehead. So uh, we're talking about it. He was discussing just how intricate and how well done the bobblehead is, and he said, even down to my Albert chain. And uh, I obviously Albert Pools wore a chain, but I, I I didn't know the details. Now, I grew up in St. Louis. I have paid attention to the Cardinals every moment of my life, but I was also not living in St. Louis for 20 years. And I'm thinking to myself, is th- is that a, like a is the Albert chain? something that everybody knows. This is a very common story, a very well-known thing that Brendan Ryan had because I wasn't, I knew he wore a chain, but I, I wasn't familiar with it being called the Albert chain. So I, I asked him about that and he told a great story, which I'll let him tell at 735. So at that point, I start thinking to myself, Matt, is this something that everybody in the world already knows and you just don't for some reason? So I went to Kevin Wheeler and I said, Kevin, are you familiar with the Albert chain that Brendan Ryan talks about? And Kevin wasn't overly familiar with that. So I felt good at that moment that maybe it's not a super common thing and you'll hear the story for the first time at 7.35. So be tuned in for that. By the way, if you know the story and you know exactly what I'm talking about and you're sitting there and you're shaking my head right now going, how can this guy not know about this? 
text me and tell me. 3144. Be nice. You don't have to be a jerk about it. You can be nice, but you can send a text message to me. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you text in. And if if this is something that I should have already known... Well, then you can tell me in a nice way. We're at the point of the baseball season because I host the Extra Inning Show uh, during the week, and we take lots of phone calls and text messages and tweets and everything. We are at the time of the year where the team hasn't been playing very good baseball. I'm just a little beat down with some of the negative communication that I get from you folks out there on occasion, every once in a while. So uh, here during Sports Open Line, if you want to keep it uh, on the nice side of things, I certainly will not complain about that. You know, something that has struck me here recently, I think kind of the number one, I don't know if it's a question, but certainly a topic of conversation that's being brought up because we've seen the Cardinals play some pretty good baseball here recently. And there seems to be two things being said a lot. And I probably disagree with both of them, even though they're kind of conflicting of each other. So there seems to be this thought of, well, so-and-so's doing a really good job, so hopefully he's going to be involved next season. And we've heard that about some of the pitchers. We got that a little bit with Drew Rahm the other day when he pitched so well. Uh, and, and, again, like not trying to take anything away from Rahm. I've, I've heard a lot with Richie Palacios. Just this idea that, you know what, maybe the Cardinals can go into next season and kind of have these guys penciled in into roles for next year. And I, I don't think that's the case. I, I don't think that... Just because somebody has performed well down the final two months of the season, that that's going to create a job for them for next year. Now, it might make the organization look a little bit different at them. There might be more of an opportunity for them. There might be higher trade value for them. There's a. It doesn't have zero impact, but the the idea that you're going to go into next season with Richie Palacios penciled in as one of your starting outfielders. Like, that's not a thing. The idea that you go into next season with Drew Rahm penciled in as one of your five starters, that's not a thing. I, I, don't, I don't think there's anything that those guys can do that would, um, that would do that. So then on the other side of that spectrum is there seems to be a worry. A worry that some of these performances from guys are going to cause the Cardinals to not be as active during the offseason that they're going to be able to say, well, Hey, look, look at the job that drew Rom has done. We can, he's going to be a starter. So you can just, you can just put him in. And I, I don't think the plans change. Like that's, that's what I'm trying to get to here. Um, the only player who could do something in the final two months of the season this year, now the final month of the season that could maybe result in a little bit of a change in the way that you go about the offseason is probably Ryan Helsley. Because before Ryan Helsley came back from injury, and and I've said this over and over, I didn't think he was going to come back this year. I was wrong. And I'm glad I was wrong. He's been pitching really well. Before he came back from injury, my thought process was they need to find a new seventh inning, a new eighth inning, and a new ninth inning guy. And it needs to be well-established, high-leverage pitchers, and then they can build the rest of the bullpen back from there. 
but going into spring training, you should have a pretty good idea of what those of at least maybe maybe not so much what order they're going to come in, but at least the three guys that you're going to be counting on to more often than not cover the seventh, eighth, and ninth. And I was a little bit concerned with Ryan Helsley being included in that group. Just you go back to what happened in the playoffs last year. You look at his season up until this point, and it's been a little while since we've seen Helsley pitching at that that all-star level that we had seen previously from him. He's doing that right now, which is really good. So I'm starting to come around a little bit on the idea that you can you can count on Helsley, and he's pitched on back-to-back days twice since coming back from an injury. I didn't think, not only did I not think he was going to pitch again this year, once he came back to pitch, I definitely didn't think that we were going to see him pitching on back-to-back days because that's just something that he hasn't done a whole lot of. And he's done it, and he's done it well, and that's a really, really promising development for him. But outside of that, nobody can do anything that's going to change the Cardinals needing two top-tier starting pitchers for next year. It doesn't matter what Drew Rahm or Dakota Hudson or Zach Thompson or anybody does. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The Cardinals still need two top-of-the-rotation starters. They still need the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings covered, and it doesn't really matter all that much what any of these guys do right now. They're still going to be looking to fill those spots here in the offseason. All right, a lot more Cardinals coming up later on in the program at the end of this hour, and all next hour is nothing but Cardinals. But up next, we'll talk some St. Louis Blues hockey. Luke Korak is set to join us in just a moment or so. Don't go anywhere. It's Gray Bar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is America's Sports Voice. KMOX. The Great Bar Sports Open Line rolls on right here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. We've got a full two-hour edition of the program tonight with no Cardinals baseball, and we can really start to... uh, shift our focus a little bit more towards the St. Louis Blues before we know it. They are going to be playing. There's already activity going on as a prospect camp and uh, they're going to be taking part in a a prospect tournament this upcoming uh, weekend and to talk about uh, that and much, much more, we're very happy to welcome on the program someone who covers the Blues for NHL.com and the Hockey News. He is Lou Korak. You follow him on Twitter at LKorak10. Lou, always great to talk to you as as you join us on the Quiver River Electric Guest how are you? Good, Matt. What's going on? Not much. Uh, things are happening on the ice. That's that's obviously a very good thing. Uh, explain to people what exactly is taking place right now in terms of uh, the, the prospect tournament that's going to be going on this weekend, just seeing guys uh, back on the ice earlier today. Yeah, they started uh, practicing out at Centene today, and they're going to be back out there tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock if uh, anybody wants to drop in and catch uh, some of the future blues out there before they jet off to uh, Minnesota. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a three team prospect tournament. What they're doing now is uh, they've gotten away from 
they're traditional. Traditionally, they've gone to Traverse City, Michigan, and participated in that, and they did that for a long time, Matt. But uh, Doug Armstrong had mentioned this uh, at the exit meetings at the end of last year that uh, this is something they were going to do with the Wild and the Blackhawks, and what they're going to do is, is they're going to rotate the site of this every year. This year it's going to be in Minnesota, and my understanding next year it's not – it's not etched in stone yet, but next year it'll be in Chicago, and then the year after it'll be here in St. Louis. So it's going to rotate every year. Just three te- little three-team prospect tournament is what they're doing. Two quick games, uh, you're in and you're out, and uh, you're able to get back to whether it's going to be here in St. Louis and get focused and get ready to start on training camp, which is coming up next week, or uh, some of the junior players, which they'll be going, you know, heading uh, the other way and getting ready for their perspective camps there and uh, they'll play Minnesota tomorrow night at seven o'clock Chicago Saturday night at six and they'll be home Saturday night after that game uh, pretty tidy as opposed to maybe doing the four or five day jaunt up to northern Michigan where it's a little tougher to get to and it just makes for a little bit of a longer week and this is just kind of simplifies things and the three teams were all on board on it and uh, it's something that they're going to give a shot and see how this thing works out do they play less games as a result of that yeah, yeah, you're you're, you're going to play each other once, uh, so you're going to play two games. I know in the past the Blues uh, that Traverse City tournament, uh, I believe, has been as big as eight teams. I don't think it's ever been any bigger than that. So they split. They always split them up into pools of uh, four. You play your three pool games, and then obviously you go into bracket play, and you wind up playing anywhere from four to five games. So this just kind of simplifies things and. Uh, Get some of these young guys games in, but just not as many. What's what are these guys been? Is is there much evaluation going on right now, or is it more about just getting these guys on the ice together and, and getting some eyes on them and just kind of starting their season in, in this way? I mean, the the value of this, what is it? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, you saw the Blues brass; they were out there in the stands, obviously. Coaches aren't uh, taking part in this. It's it's the Springfield coaches that are pretty much running the show, and they're going to be the ones going up to uh, St. Paul with uh, the prospects and coaching these guys. Because Drew Bannister, who's the coach down with the Springfield Thunderbirds, uh, there's going to be a lot of these guys that he's going to get in his camp, and guys that are going to be vying for jobs, you know, at, at the AHL level. So it, it's a good opportunity for them to kind of evaluate who's going to be coming into their camp and. You know, there's probably going to be some guys in this, you know, some of the high, highlight guys and headliners. You're talking uh, Nikita Alexandrov, uh, Zach Bolduke, Zach Dean. Uh, you've got Matt Kessel, who's been in Springfield. Uh, uh, he was there last year. So there's some guys that they're quite familiar with here. But, yeah, there, there's some guys here that are looking to make that next step up. I know Leo Loof is somebody that uh, – you know, Blues fans have really been wanting to see, you know, since he's been drafted in 2020, the defenseman, they've heard a lot of good things about him. I wrote about him today on the hockey news and, uh, you know, he's ready to make that jump to North America. So a little bit of everything. I mean, you're evaluating, but you're also just trying to get these guys just acclimated with one another and just getting them to start playing hockey. The Blues also announcing that they signed forward Nick Ritchie to a professional tryout deal. Uh, he's put up some some you know good numbers over the course of his career. He, last year had 13 goals and, and 13 assists over the course of 74 games between uh, Arizona and, and Calgary. What's the what's the plan here? How much of an opportunity is he going to be given to make the team? Well, he's going to be thrown into the shuffle, Matt. Just like uh, you know Isaac Ratcliffe, another one that they brought in from Philadelphia a couple of weeks ago. 
you've got a you've got a jumbled bunch down there among among the bottom six, specifically that fourth line role that guys are just going to compete for. And I think he's going to come in here and listen. They did this with Tyler Pitlick last year. I don't know how many people really gave him much of an opportunity to make this team out of camp, but he came in here and 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 you know impressed who he needed to impress and was able to earn himself a one year contract. And the Blues have done this. I mean, they did it a couple of years ago with James Neal. They did it back in 2020 with Mike Hoffman, guys that are looking for a job that don't have an NHL contract right now. And this guy's a little bit intriguing for me, just in the fact, like you just mentioned, I mean, if you can, if somehow you're able to plug in some depth and maybe he doesn't start here, maybe if you talk him into, depending on what happens with other teams, maybe somebody offers him a a one-way contract if he's not able to get one here, but if he comes in and impresses and you're able to, get what you want out of him, you know, you can try to sell him on being a part of that depth because you're probably going to be, there's always a time you're going to deal with some injuries. And this is a guy that, you know, out of his eight years, he scored 10 or more goals in five of his eight seasons. So not bad if you can get, you know, a 10 to 15 goal score that can produce and be one of those uh, heavy kind of players that Craig Berube likes playing on your fourth line. So I think they're going to come in here and give him a look. And usually guys like this, you know, I don't want to say they're playing with a chip on their shoulder, but they're, you know, they're going to come in and perform with some urgency because they don't have a contract and they're trying to earn one, whether it be here or somewhere else. We're about a week out from camp getting underway. Are there still moves to be made or is the roster pretty much what it is? And, and they're going to go into uh, to camp looking the way they look right now. I think they, they have a pretty good clear cut idea of who they're looking at right now. Uh, it's, if, if something develops between now and next week when they go to camp, it's to me, it's going to come out of left field. I mean, it, I, I just don't see anything right now. Um, you know, maybe they bring another player in on a PTO. There's guys right now that are, you know, they're still unsigned. Some pretty good, some pretty good veteran players out there that still want to play that don't have contracts for next year uh, that they could bring in. But other than that, I think they pretty much have their sights set on what their roster is going to look like and the players they're going to be looking at to try to make this team uh, for that season opener on October 12th. Last thing for you, uh, Tory Krug going to miss the start of camp. He's dealing with an injury. Uh, there'd been some trade speculation with him at, uh, at one point in time. He's obvious if he's on the team, he's a huge part uh, of the team. What's the, what's the implications of this injury and how it's going to impact the team? Well, it obviously sets him back a little bit, but you know, they, they said, you know, you never know how those reevaluation dates can go. And they're talking, they're going to, you know, they're going to reassess and reevaluate this on October 1st, which it's just kind of a strange one to me, which, you know, we, if it happens in training, you know, I, I haven't been out there. I know some of the other writers really haven't been out there. The guys, the veteran guys have been skating for quite, for quite a few weeks. They pretty much do that on their own. It's, it's not actually a team organized function. That's what a lot of these teams do. And, you know, we don't know if he dropped the dumbbell on his foot. Somebody took a shot and it hit him in the foot. Uh, He kicked the corner of the coffee table at home. We have no idea. So all we know is he's got a right foot injury right now. Um, Depending on how long he's out, and this could be a quick thing. And, you know, it's if he's able to somehow get back by that reevaluation date that they're talking about, it still gives him a couple weeks to get himself ready because he's already been in training so it wouldn't take much to get him going you still got a couple weeks to get ready for that season opener but if not i think it opens the door for a guy like scott perunovich and we've talked about that quite a bit a similar type of a player and somebody who just needs to play hockey in the nhl 
I think he's ready. Uh, I think he's eager. And I know the last time that I spoke to him, uh, this is a guy that really has a point to prove because injuries have just derailed his career ever since he's been drafted. And he just simply hasn't played enough games. And I think this is somebody that's coming into camp, uh, not only with a chip on his shoulder, but really with something to prove because, uh, you know, as a Hobie Baker award winner, you're coming in with a lot of hype and fans just don't know a whole lot about him. They've gotten a little bit of a sample size of what he's been able to do, but just not enough because he's been on the sidelines for too long. So really a door could be opening up for him here to try to seize the moment. And, uh, you know, a lot of times you see this, Matt, where it unfortunately comes at somebody else's expense. And, you know, depending on what happens with this Krug situation and, uh, you know, where his injury goes, uh, it opens the door for somebody else. He is Luke Korak, covers the Blues for NHL.com. Also, the Hockey News. Follow him on Twitter at LKorak10. Luke, thank you so much for your time. I'm sure we'll be uh, calling on you here fairly often as uh, Blue season is right around the corner. You got it, Matt. Take care. All right, that's Luke Korak, and we appreciate him joining us on the Quiver River Electric Guest Line. We'll talk City SC soccer. We'll do that coming up in just a moment as we roll on with a Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. It's the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. A Graybar Sports Open Line rolling on right here on KMOX this weekend. City SC, they are back at it. They are going to uh, match up against Houston on the road on Saturday night. And uh, we're very happy to be able to go to the Quiver River Electric Guest Line once again. And uh, welcome on to the program. He is going to be uh, the analyst on the Spanish-language Apple TV broadcast this weekend. He is uh, Sonny Guadarrama, more affectionately known as Sonny G. Sonny, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. How are you? I am doing great. It finally started raining in Austin, Texas after a really long time. So I'm excited about that. It's a small victory. You you guys don't get much rain there, right? No, we haven't got much of anything. It's a lot of heat. <laughs> that uh, that doesn't sound great, but I'm, I'm glad you're getting a little bit of rain here, at least for the moment. Hey, what's your uh, kind of overall take on this City SC team that you're going to be uh, broadcasting this weekend? They've obviously had a fantastic season, but uh, here recently they've had a hard time coming up with uh, victories. It was a matchup against Austin uh, the last time, uh, I guess, they, and then they got a 2-1 win against Dallas, but uh, they had the loss against Kansas City. They drew uh, against LA this past weekend. Uh, they're just—they haven't been able to consistently put together the wins here over the last, you know, month or so after the break, the way they were early on in the season. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just part of being in the MLS. If you look at other teams across the league, it's hard for a team to be consistent. The the very few teams, like the one team, uh, Cincinnati, um, they just keep winning. Everybody else is, is kind of up and down. But I think if you're a fan of St. Louis, you got to be happy. It's a brand-new team, a brand-new stadium. They're sitting in first place. They actually have a possibility to clinch the playoffs um, with a bunch of scenarios that happen um, if they're able to win this weekend. So I, I would – if I'm in – St. Louis, and I'm a St. Louis fan. I'm pretty happy right now. Have you? I'm. I don't know your full schedule. Have you seen them live yet, or is this going to be your first opportunity? No, I, I saw them live. I did the the Austin game against them, and they are very impressive. They have a lot of firepower up top. Um, I think they just have a bunch of people that can put the ball in the back of the net. Um, defensively, they do let in a lot of goals, but it's probably because they send so many numbers forward. But they also have a great goalie. So I think he kind of plays 
with those strengths. And he, he just goes all in the attack, and it's exciting soccer to watch. And there's a reason why they're sitting in first place. Is there anything about them that jumped out at you when you saw them live that maybe you didn't see as much when watching them on video? I just think that when the forwards get the ball, what is the most impressive is most forwards, I don't know, maybe not most forwards, but at least the forwards for St. Louis, they get the ball and all they're thinking about is putting the ball in the back of the net. They're not lifting up their head to pass the ball. Their, their complete concentration, complete focus is on the back of the net. And whether that means that they have to open up space by taking a guy on or just driving at the defender and then opening it up. But they've got one thing on their mind, and it's scoring goals. And I think you've got, like, three guys. Um, I don't know their names off the top of my head. Um, but you've got three guys that can put the ball in the back of the net, and most teams would want just one guy that can put the ball in the back of the net. So I think that's a difficult situation for the coach to figure out who that starting uh, center forward is. But when you have a problem of too many guys scoring, that's a good problem to have. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Have you been surprised at the level of depth that's been able to uh, produce, like you just mentioned, that they have so many players who do have the ability to score? Coming into the season, it felt like a lot of people thought that depth was going to be an issue for this team, and now depth has really turned into a strength for this team. I just think the coach found players that are hungry. He found players that are hungry, and wanted to prove a point and wanted an opportunity. So those players stayed hungry and just waited for their opportunity, um, and they stayed ready, which is hard to do in soccer. When you're not playing, it's hard to want to compete. It's hard to want to be at your tip-top shape, knowing that you have a star forward, a DP that, that plays center forward, and you might not get a lot of minutes. And then he gets injured, and he's out for a lot of games. But then you have the players that come in, and they want to shine. And, and I think they've, they've done that, and that's why it's going to be difficult for the coach to figure out who he starts because he just has so many weapons. But I think it goes back to just finding those players that are at that point in their career where they have something to prove and they're very hungry to be successful. These two teams are uh, somewhat close to each other in terms of the standings. Is Houston uh, the number five team in in the Western Conference? So they're there uh, towards the the top half. How would you assess this game and what are your keys going into uh, watching these two teams match up against each other? Uh, I've seen both teams play. Um, Houston will want to control the game. And I think St. Louis is okay with the other team kind of controlling the game. What Houston has to be wary of is St. Louis's counterattack, their offensive threat. But Houston also has players that are finding form. And when a good player finds form, usually the whole team starts to kind of wrap around them. Um, specifically talking about Hector Herrera, who now has goals and he's got a ton of assists and he got called back up to the national team. So his confidence is high. And when they have a player like that, that's just going through a good moment, he can be a game changer, just like a lot of players in this league. So I think it's going to be a battle. um, And I think both teams want to win. Both teams want to kind of get out of this zone of teams that are kind of still fighting for that playoff position and they want to separate themselves because once you're in the playoffs, I think you can just take a couple of deep breaths, know that you're already in, and then you can kind of start planning when you're not in, you're worried constantly about trying to get in. 
Last thing for you, and I ask this pretty much every week when I when I'm talking with soccer folks, and uh, obviously the Messi is um, it's it's a little bit different right now. But I mean, just how much have you enjoyed uh, really that such a spotlight being placed upon MLS because of Messi's arrival? I mean, it's just huge. Um, it's awesome for the league. It's awesome for the fans. When you're talking about the best or maybe if you a Ronaldo fan, one of two in the world, like he's came and he's proven that he is still one of the best. Uh, a lot of players come into the league who are good, were good, and don't perform like him. So he's proving why everybody says Messi is Messi. Um, and, I mean, he's just bringing a love. He's generating, I think we already have a huge interest because of the World Cup coming in, but with Messi coming and him doing so well and stadiums being packed and people t- watching more soccer and now people around the world are watching more American soccer. I mean, the, the MLS was just really smart in bringing him in and hopefully some other big players that still have some gas in their tank will, will want to come over as well. Are you concerned about the injury issues that he's got right now? I mean, that's just <laughs> when you play so many games and, and every game for them is a must win. But Miami's the before Messi era, era, they were not doing too good. Uh, and now it's like a totally different team. What isn't so surprising is now the amount of confidence that they have that they're able to win games without Messi. Uh, they just proved that this past weekend um, when Messi was out with the national team. Uh, obviously, keeping Messi healthy is going to be huge. But I think he's boosted everybody's confidence on that team that now even without him being on the field, kind of they have a little bit of swagger to them. So it, it, I still have faith that, that Miami could probably pull this off and, and qualify for playoffs. He is Sonny G. If you uh, check out the Spanish-language broadcast on Apple TV this upcoming weekend, he'll uh, be on the analyst. I guess first year working with Apple TV is they've got the MLS season pass package. What has it been like for you as really MLS fans and soccer fans throughout the country have gotten an opportunity with something very cool? Yes, um, it is awesome. You can watch every single game. There's no excuse to miss a game. doesn't matter if your team's playing halfway across the country, even in another country in Canada. Uh, you can support them, and you can watch other teams play. You can rewind. You can, if you miss the game, you can rewatch it. Highlights. Uh, there's just so much going on, so much coverage, which helps. Uh, the more we can talk about soccer, the more it's going to grow. So if I can help be a part of kind of that growth in the United States, then then I'm all for it. Sonny, thanks so much for taking the time. Have a good call this weekend. I'm sure we'll catch up again real soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, very good. That's uh, Sonny G, Sonny Guadarrama. He's going to be part of the uh, Spanish-language broadcast on Apple TV. City back at it against Houston coming up on Saturday. Of course, you can hear that on our sister station, Y98. We'll take a break and come back, wrap up hour number one of a Gray Bar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. This is America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Hour number one of a Gray Bar Sports Open Line in the 7 o'clock hour. We'll talk all things baseball. Former Cardinals infielder Brendan Ryan's going to join us at 735. Scott Lauber, who covers the Phillies, will join us at 720 to preview the upcoming series. One last hockey thing. This is a wild story. Uh, 
there was a report out there. Now the NHL Players Association is investigating. The report out there is that Columbus Blue Jackets coach Mike Babcock would bring players into his office, have them hand him their cell phone, would basically like airplay the cell phone screen up onto a TV screen and start going through their photos with them on the phone right there. Uh, And Babcock's thought process was that you could learn a lot about a player by seeing the types of photos that were on their cell phone. Clearly, you can't do this. Clearly, if this is a true story, Babcock's going to be in trouble. Uh, The executive director of the NHLPA, uh, Marty Walsh, um, is not happy about this. The whole NHLPA is not happy about this. Can you imagine? Sports producer extraordinaire Matt Pajeski, can you imagine you're interviewing for this job and our boss, Steve Moore, brings you in and says, you know, I want to offer you the job, but uh, can you hand me your phone and turn around and look at the TV? We're going to start going through your photos. Matt, I am an innocent child of God and my photos are are all clean and I would have nothing to worry about. I mean, if you did that with my phone, it would be nothing but photos of uh, my four-year-old daughter. Like we went to uh, the, uh, we went to the old Eckert's this past weekend and I got about a hundred photos of her uh, picking apples. So that's what, uh, that's, so I think that would be actually good for me. I feel like that's a, uh, maybe I should be in favor of uh, Babcock doing this because I think I would probably come off pretty good when you are uh, looking at the photos that are on my phone. But my goodness, for Babcock, if this this is true, for Babcock to think that's okay, it is just a wild, wild thing. Hour one done, hour two coming up on KMOX. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.